Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory. We hope you enjoyed part A of our recap episode for this unit. Now we're back with our special guest to finish our discussion in part B. All right. Well, that has been our group discussion. Um, Now Tom is going to lead us through a segment we call You Bought Me This Tie. Okay. So this is about the outfits that we've seen in these episodes. Um, So let's start. Uh, Alan, any notable outfits that you'd like to point out in these episodes uh i i just really love uh bills and sinking ship with the <laughs> the stopwatch and his mustache and just that <laughs> oh yeah very good <laughs> he's you know he's rich and full of tomfoolery mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the mustache in particular is, is uh really a nice touch mm-hmm. very good um jason any notable outfits for you uh, this one I wasn't expecting to, to care as much about, but I actually like Jeanette Deschapeaux's scarf and sweater combo. Mm. Mm. Thought it looked good. good. It was a good side. They gave a side character something nice to look at to wear. Like it was like you know not some boring, you know. It stood out. The scarf. Interestingly, they they didn't give Jeanette Deschapeaux a hat. I know, but yeah. <laughs> that's strange. Yeah, a little weird. Um. Okay, uh, let's see. Thad, um, any notable outfits for you? Uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't start right away with Vicki Lewis in space. Uh, <laughs> and, and I want to shout out her husband. We put up the poll by MVP. And he took a picture and said, I'm going to leave it right here. And I was like, that's the type of relationship I'm looking for. That's the type of love I'm looking for right there. Just like, mm-hmm. man, relationship goals. Like, <laughs> Respect, sir. all right lauren um what you got um for notable i really like Catherine's space suit from space so the one that she's wearing when she comes in from outside with the flavorless lunch Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i know like we see uh, like later we see joe and beth in a similar looking suit Mm -hmm. there's something about seeing her standing there without the helmet part on Mm -hmm. um it just looked i don't know it looked really legit and it did not look comfortable it did Mm -hmm. not look flattering but it looked very notable Like John Glenn after returning from Mercury 8 or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, I also was going to point out uh, Bill on Sinking Ship. So, Alan, we were in the same, same space there. Um, okay, Jason, what was your favorite outfit of these units? My least favorite? No, your, your most favorite. My most favorite. What did I just pick? Oh, Notable. I see. Yes. I then disregard i don't know uh let's see uh hers was notable 
I had just lumped the two together, so I haven't thought about it. So let's just say, oh no, Lisa's in the sinking ship is probably the the nicest of them all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's good. Nice big hat. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> she she got Jeanette Chapeau's hat. That's what yes, happened. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Alan. What was your favorite uh, outfit? I kind of did the same with Jason as I lumped those okay. two together. Thing. But I will just uh, simply say, um, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say uh, Dave's outfit in space because it looks like just about everybody else's except for the ones that are they're cut. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, okay. just very uniform, so sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, good. very good. All right, Thad, what was your favorite outfit? Um, mine is going to be Matthew's sweater vest white tee combo, but I definitely need some help from Jason and Alan because because mm-hmm. Lord and I had some disagreement about the heat, and I was saying like it doesn't matter how hot it is, you always leave the sweater vest on like that's the outfit, the khakis, the sweater vest, and the white <laughs> t-shirt. What do you guys think? Am I am I wrong here? If it was that hot, muggy hot, my 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 sweater vest, you know, my very common sweater vest is coming off. I will tell you that. Although, no, although no. you know what, you're at work, so that's inappropriate, and they would maybe see my business. And if it's a white shirt, they're gonna see my business. So you know what, I I rescind. I think you keep the sweater vest on. I think you might be right in this case. I would uh, take the, the t-shirt on and just put leave the sweater vest on. Just okay. the sweater just, vest. The, oh, just sweater, sweater. The t-shirt's off. The most sensible. Sleeveless. Answer, I think. That's a look. That is a look. Seems itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but either way, I would say that combo was a look at one point in time, and we will remain, uh, we will just remain kind of in agreement that probably you got to leave it on, but I can see you if you had to take it off. Yeah, if it's Matthew, it might already be sewn onto the shirt. That's also I mean. true. <laughs> so he Matthew's doesn't lose one or again. the other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't think Matthew would have a problem just being in a t-shirt because yes, he's has a proclivity for walking around naked. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Lauren, what was your favorite outfit? Um, I really liked Dave's look from Daydream. Um, when we covered that episode, I noted how it made him look more grown up to see him out of his suit jacket because they often dressed him like the little boy in the blue suit. Right. <laughs> you know, so he's got the jacket off, he's got the sleeves rolled up, and it was just nice to see him look a little more relaxed. He wasn't. He was not relaxed. <laughs> but the look of his outfit was more relaxed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for my favorite. I was going to say Beth in space. We've already covered why. So. <laughs> uh, moving on. Least favorite. Um, Alan, what was your least favorite outfit? I got to say uh, space. Space. Uh, Mr. James usually looks great in the suits, but for some reason, this one, I just thought it was the 90s, but I just thought it was the ugliest freaking tie I had yeah. seen. It was, it was just, <laughs> and he wore, and like, it was like, it went, it seemed like to go past his waist. It was just huge. I'm like, what? It right. just, it just stuck out to me. I'm like, why do I hate that tie so much? Yeah. <laughs> like you to know that was the height of fashion in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on Earth. <laughs> Jason, what was your least favorite? Anything Joe wore through any of it. It's the most boring <laughs> shit. Like, it's just, let's 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 put some pants on him and show off his muscles. Like, I appreciate it. They're good muscles. Like, that's, there's no getting around that. But 
uninspired. It, like it, he only fit in in uh, Sinking Ship, where like there are at least a couple guys who could wear a newsboy cap, and like there's mm-hmm. a reason for him to be shirtless, uh, or almost shirtless. Yeah, don't I don't care. I find I find them uninspired. <laughs> Very good. Um, that what was your least favorite? Uh, it was Lisa and Daydream. Because it seemed, it didn't seem comfortable, especially in heat. Because you had like a high-waisted pants thing going on mm. with a shirt that seemed like a little bit shorter, which was a look. But like, if it's really hot, I can't imagine it was super comfortable for her. And I was like, nah. that was the one that kind of stuck out the most to me. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Lauren, what was your least favorite? Well, I also had Lisa in Daydream. Okay. <laughs> She's, yeah, it was the... The brown pleated pants with the belt that was hiked way up. Yeah. And then she's wearing a t-shirt, which is like, I think you're supposed to imagine she was probably wearing something else, but then found it was so hot in the office, oh, yeah. so she had to take it off. So maybe the other piece of clothing she took off really would have tied the outfit together, but it's not there. <laughs> we don't see it. So the whole thing just didn't work for me. Unless she was wearing a zoot suit. What kind of jacket? Could <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She it was just a bad It was it was when the swing craze was coming back around so she yep. had joined That's a band true. she's she plays trombone. Um, <laughs> uh, my least favorite I, and I'm sorry I know it was your favorite but um Matthew's outfit in Daydream I just I do not I did not like that sweater vest with a t-shirt look I I I know they went back to it in the show. I just thought, eh, no. was it the T-shirt or the sweater vest that really bothered you? <laughs> I think it's the I think it's the T-shirt. I, I like I wouldn't mind the sweater vest over top of like a, a long, you know, a button down or something, ah. but not as you know, not as egregious. But the, mm-hmm. the T-shirt is just, that's a bad look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I probably wore something like that at least once in the nineties. But like looking back on it, almost thirty years later, it's like. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's it for the You Bought Me This Tie. We're now going to move on to our special segment with that. All right. So for this unit, we are doing our special segment, which we are calling Movies, Multiverse, and Matching. All right. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to address how many other movies and TV shows were referenced in this unit uh, and note some of the ones that caught your attention. Uh, then we're going to play a little game with some of the genres and some of the episodes and see what we come up with. So first, I got a couple questions for you guys. Alan, again, you're getting the princess treatment. You're first up here. Right. Uh, there were a lot of movies that were referenced or homaged in this unit. What were some of the ones that stuck out to you? Uh, you know, I'm obviously like Daydream with the horror movies. You know, you get Freddy Krueger, a little bit of Jason, but yep. my uh, Child's Play, Aliens, Saint, uh, but my one that really stuck out that is a reference I don't think a lot of people necessarily get is when Matthew walks away with a tail. It was from Jacob's Ladder, and I'm like, "That's we that's gutsy." It. There we go. That's that's gut like because it, it was the exact same scene because uh, I remember like Tim Robbins when he was going through whatever that thing and he sees that woman walk away. She's got a tail. He's like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "Oh, well, there you go." Uh, <laughs> okay. We had we were going back and forth trying to be like, "What could that possibly be?" I'm like, "Gary, like this that." So you gave us the answer. That's really double funny. points. That's <laughs> amazing. Two abses for you, my <laughs> Well done. 
awesome. I, I, I don't think, I feel like I knew about Jacob's Ladder. I don't think I ever watched it. I think it was too weird for me at the time. Uh, but It's a weird, I, no, I was just going to say, I, I think I rented like my late 20s, so it was like, definitely like later on because I kept hearing so much about it. Like, yeah, it is a weird freaking movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were like, I was like, man, I'm never going to know what that was from. So the fact that you just told us, I'm like, I'm pumped. <laughs> Great segment. Okay. Uh, okay uh, Jason, what was, uh, what were some of the, the references or homages that stood out to you in this year? Yeah. Outside of the obvious ones, there's one that I knew, I get, actually, I don't know if I even knew it was a reference at the time, but since I've learned it was, was Disclosure, which is the Michael Douglas movie. <laughs> Where he is doing, where he has a fucking VR um, file managing system, and more heavily referenced again in Community. Uh, yeah. But like, and I at the time I didn't know that that was this, but eventually I learned like, oh, pretty solid ref, man. And I watched a clip from it today, and I'm like, good god, it's the dumbest, the dumbest shit you've ever seen. And I'm not sure why it happens in the movie. I don't know the context. But there's a very lengthy scene where he like jacks into the fucking VR and he's like, see, he does the thing where you see your hands, which is yeah. how, you, how you activate it in community. You have to look at your hands, the back and forth in wonder. Um, but yeah, that's building the worlds that stood upon out. worlds. I, worlds upon I was, worlds. I was gonna say, Jesus I, wept. <laughs> <laughs> no, I for some reason thought it was just a giant mnemonic reference. But when you're saying that, I have seen disclosure. That uh-huh. was. Totally, because it's all office stuff and files. Mm-hmm. It's totally. Yeah. Oh, oh, I always great. had assumed Johnny Mnemonic too, and I've also never seen that. But like, and then I had to think back to what the name of that fucking Michael Douglas movie was. But it's yeah. it's first I of all, all movies are pretty much fucking Michael Douglas movies. If you say them, like it doesn't really matter. The script has got that scene. Uh, Lauren, what, what were some of the references or homages that stood out to you? Um, I feel, I mean, I feel like Titanic is the obvious one, um, from space. The one that stands out to me most is the aliens reference. Maybe it's just because it's so in your face with the lights and the steam and the multiple Matthews and and everything. Um, but from daydream, I think it's the nightmare on Elm street, Freddy Krueger reference Mm -hmm. because good God, did that movie ever scare the crap out of me as a kid? (laughs) I mean that, that one was probably the the worst for me. Yeah, I'll go with that. So those were actually both from Daydream. So that was uh, definitely a, a episode that really got you. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, did I say that? I think yeah, multiple I said Matthews space gets for the aliens. Multiple Matthews is, yeah, <laughs> the aliens is throwing me off. Anyway, yeah. Those were probably the ones that stood out the most, but the Freddy Krueger one is probably the one that haunts me. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only one where he makes contact with Beth. You know, like, yeah. Gravity, it's like, ooh. So. There's like mm-hmm. a little sound effect too when the, yeah. the claw comes over yep. her shoulder. Very, very creepy, very <laughs> ominous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Tom, what, what were some of the references or homages that stood out to you? Um, I did like the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation uh, <laughs> homage with the Make It So and mm-hmm. <laughs> like Lisa laughing, it gets me every time. Uh, but you know, of course, the Star Wars ones uh, throughout the show, they, they referenced Star Wars, which was always. Uh, something I got to kick out of. So, yeah, yep, solid ones. Definitely Star Wars on the list. Uh, the news report is is classic in itself. <laughs> Talked about. Um, I really like the Twilight Zone and the Soiling Green references. Uh, you know, to serve man is, is again. I just happen to see that episode. And someone's passing out the tape. 
you know, he just, he just completely hit. Like, that's great right there. And again, it was on the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. I think they did a, a play on that. Um, and then Soylent Green is that that's a deep cut. You know, the old yeah. science fiction movie about how they turn people into food uh, called Soylent Green, and that's the conspiracy that gets uncovered. So, uh, the fact that Bill does an ad for it. Silent Green is made out of people. <laughs> yeah, and again, like I don't think I almost feel at that time. I'm sure more people knew about it, but Silent Green is kind of a deep cut. Like that's not one oh, I yeah. expect anyone really to know to bring it up. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question. Um, Alan, do you have any particular memories about any of them that come to mind? And again, you already told us about watching the Titanic over and over again, and I know you gave Lauren a good answer in the previous section. So, uh, is there just anything that kind of stood out to you when you when you saw those uh, references? Yeah, again, it's just uh, the horror, what? the trauma of Titanic. You just couldn't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just yeah, I just love the uh, again uh, just just throwing a line out there and all of a sudden like said what you're you're in another universe like you're you know the 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 star wars thing like oh okay so this takes place in the star wars universe this takes place soiling green universe i just i just love being able to throw throw yourself in any of that but for some reason star trek the make it so that was a joke like i love it when you say that it's like okay so star trek is a fictional thing in this but star wars they're in the universe (laughs) yeah (laughs) Lauren, we're gonna need a spreadsheet. Okay, good. Yeah, but I, I think similarly, you know, like there's a there's a, a time period, you know, where like those are the type of movies that were on, and I was watching them, whether they're on TV or you know somebody rented them, type of thing. And it, it definitely brings back a feeling, you know, mm-hmm. to to checking those things out. Um, Jason, do you have any particular memories that that came up while watching um, this unit or looking at the references? Just thinking about how I had never seen anybody do a full pastiche episode like space before. Like this is the first time I'd ever seen a full like a live action show do this. And again, maybe it had happened before, but not not in a noticeable way to me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, especially in live action. Simpsons did that kind of stuff, but never even like a full themed episode. I think it was still like a few years away till Buffy did their like musical episode and stuff, which I brought up before. But yeah, I don't know. So, uh, that just kind of blew my mind. I was just like, how, how is this show also doing this and doing it well? Well, uh, to add to that, Jason, I felt like, you know, you would see certain sitcoms, they would always do this film war episode, like this sure. one where they would sure. like, always wink at the camera. But That's a good never, I, but it was, it was always bad. Like, this was like really good. Oh, yeah. And yeah. this was like a completely <laughs> different genre that people didn't touch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. You you you've got one point of light, some smoke in the light, and you're talking about a lady walking into the room and describing her, and then she says something or maybe responds to your narration. Bob's your uncle. You're good to go. There's your '90s sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Wrap it up. laughs> All right, uh, Lauren. How about you? Did you have any particular memories that came to mind when you uh, when you watched this unit? Um, 
I, I do remember watching Sinking Ship for the first time and thinking, oh, good, now I never have to see Titanic. <laughs> yeah. like, I honestly don't know why I was so against Titanic when it first came out. I think I was probably just, like, too cool for school and, like, the annoying popular girls really liked it, so I refused to participate. Um, but it's sure. been 26 years, and I still have no regrets, so there's that. <laughs> I'm not sure who's catching more shots in this episode of this podcast, Titanic or Jason. <laughs> Uh, I think we're almost about even at this point. Titanic is taking a beating in the second half of this game. I am slightly <laughs> less boring than Titanic. <laughs> um, okay. Will you watch Disclo- of Will you watch Disclosure though? Yeah. That's... Did I see Disclosure? I've never seen that. <laughs> we got to get together, Ta- boys. <laughs> um, all right, Tom. How about you? What, what were some particular memories that came up when you were watching this game? Um, just that I think the only other time that I had seen anything like space and it wasn't like a full episode, but was, um, Seinfeld did that little bit like JFK where oh, they yeah. did like Keith Hernandez spitting at, at <laughs> and it was like the magic bullet <laughs> and they go through the whole explanation. And the best part about that was that it, both JFK and Seinfeld had Wayne Knight in, <laughs> in them. So that was pretty cool. The Wayne Knight connection, like as you go through and watch more movies and things for that era, you know he's in Basic Instinct. Like I'm like, this guy was, human, was doing his thing. Yeah, yes he was. <laughs> okay, um, so one of mine real quick is when I think of Daydream, I kind of think of soap operas. You know, we get the bill, we get the music, as we kind of pointed out. <laughs> um, and there was a summer where where you know I was being babysat when my my mother went to work and the babysitter always put on a soap opera like one o'clock like as the world turns comes on and like boop like everything shuts down within i don't know maybe four days i was hooked every day for that summer i was like what time is it oh no we gotta go i gotta go watch my stories (laughs) so the the melodrama like the -the over-the-top soap opera type of acting that bill has in daydream really kind of like brings me back to that Mm -hmm. like that urge of like oh what time is it we gotta go like the show's about to start what's happening with bo this week it's just across the board so amazing Um, okay moving on to uh to our our last question before we start our game um Alan, do you have any thoughts on the concept or usage of the multiverse theme in TV and movies today? Because it's spreading. It's in Marvel. Obviously, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once uh, deals with the multiverse concept. So, you know, it's something that's starting to work its way into the kind of the, the, the creative consciousness and, and show itself in some of the products that are being made here. Uh, so do you have any, any thoughts on it? Like it? Hate it? Uh, like, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I like it when they in the comic book world i like it when they use it sometimes as long as it's not a cop-out uh okay. like like uh uh i mean it hasn't happened yet but i've heard like the marvel universe i keep hearing like they're gonna bring robert downey jr back right. for, uh, for a, a different iron man like well no then what was the point of his death like i know it's a different right. one but uh but i mean uh, look i'm <laughs> i'm excited what they're gonna do with even like DC comic world with what's the James Gunn shakeup and the yep. Flash movie, so I'm just kind of I don't know. I'm all about it. I'm I'm also a big nerd, and I remember reading those comic book stories always as a kid, yeah. where there's an alternate universe. So um, that that was a not a good answer, but there you go. <laughs> no, I, 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 think, <laughs> I think that excitement is there, and, and I was about to say like 
The one I remember is the old Star Trek episode where all the all the bad universe they all had goatees, you know. And then you get that with uh, with Abed in Community with the darkest timeline. Right. He makes them all goatees yeah. to put on, you know, like. So, so the concept is there, but the idea of like, oh, we're the same except that this person's evil and they have a goatee. Like, as long as we're working above that level, I feel pretty mm-hmm. good about what's going on. <laughs> You're um, making well, big beards. <laughs> 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 okay, Jason, how about you? What, what do you think about the multiverse? Uh, I don't care about comic books, but uh, or any of that bullshit. Uh, they're boring. But uh, the, I enjoy the movies. The boring movies are fun because I can let my mind go because they don't take any processing. They're fun. They're fun and shiny, and a lot of the a lot of the people are great in them. Uh, now that said, <laughs> uh, no, I like the multiverse. I've got a whole podcast that is filled with the multiverse. It's the only time when uh, we we do any uh, anything fun on it that isn't just my friend and I bullshitting with each other is when somebody from uh, what we call the Daniverse uh, jumps in that is just a different version from a different universe of one of us, usually, or one of our relatives. I really like it. Um, and this is no insult also to news radio fan and Spider-Man uh, writer Chris McKenna, uh, who I think, I like the Spider-Man movies a ton, even if they do have Benedict Cumberbatch in them. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. He can't do an American accent to save his life. It's the, how's about a nice hot dog, Joe? It's me, Dr. Strange. Uh, just figure it out, man. Go to a dialect coach. It just takes five minutes. It's, uh, it's like you're Jason, not that distracted by your goatee. Jason, I, I, yeah. his accent was as good as Kevin Costner's in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> far, far better. His accent, you know, interestingly, the two guys from Sherlock do the worst accents in the whole of the MCU. What's his, what's, what's his shit who plays uh, Dum Dum in the Black Panther movies? He also, he just, he can't do it. Uh, my heart hurts. Yeah, look at me. I'm from America. It's the worst. <laughs> These things are fun to explore, even if they're being used uh, to make a lot of money, and that's mostly their purpose. Is again to bring back Robert Downey Jr. It would work if they made him like an evil Tony Stark, though, right? Halfway he flips. Like, but he already off. had the goatee. I mean, well, that's yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he comes in as Charlie Chaplin from Chaplin. Who knows? <laughs> Iron Chaplin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Okay. All right. Uh, that was a very complete answer. Uh, <laughs> it was a lengthy answer. I wouldn't go and call it. I kept going though. Uh, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, what do you think about the multiverse? My answer is going to be shorter because um, having young kids means I don't really get to watch many movies unless they're rated G and feature singing animals. Mm. Um, but I like the concept, and I like that it's getting put to more use in popular media, and I think it allows writers to open up um, established stories and uh, characters and explore them in new and interesting ways. And I've often said that deja vu is when a bunch of versions of yourself scattered across the multiverse sync up for a moment. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah. So I like the concept. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. All right. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like, maybe we should cut that out. That's a series right there. We could sell that. <laughs> okay. Um, Tom, what are your thoughts on the multiverse? Um, I like it. You know, I like the Marvel stuff, and I, I, I'm looking forward to um, kind of what they have in store, where they're going to bring in the the Marvel characters that have been under different um, companies' property, you know, like Fox and whatnot, so we'll get the X-Men and that kind of stuff. So that, that seems like fun. Um, 
you know, I don't know if it would have ever worked for Golden Girls, but, you know, for, for like a, <laughs> a comic book movie, I think it's fun. Uh, Everything works for Golden Girls. <laughs> cool. I've never been against a Stel Getty, so I, I, I got nothing for you on that one. <laughs> B. Arthur show up on your door. I, I don't think you improve on the Golden Girls, so I don't think, think you need to go to a multiverse. <laughs> what about Golden Girls in space? okay um yeah i I think i'm similarly i'm excited to see some of the stuff that comes out of the multiverse concept i think it opens up some new doors and storylines again some of it is not going to be very good uh i feel like i should mention sliders which was doing a you know a kind of a weekly version of this uh to some degree uh obviously uh, the the spider-verse movie the animated one is one of the best movies ever made um so I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens, but I do share some of Jason's apprehension and uh, kind of a little bit like you could get burned out real quick on it if it's not done well and it is done across the board. So that's that's our thoughts on the multiverse. All right, we are now moving into our game unit. I am wiggling my hands in a very devious manner right now, which you can't see on the camera. Um, so we're going to play a game called Multiverse Mix-Up, and we asked ourselves a question, what would happen if some news radio episodes got multiversed into comedic versions of different movie genres? Um, and what we're going to do right now is we're going to be taking four episodes that we've covered in previous units on the podcast, we're going to match each episode with a genre you think would make a good episode, um, and you can only use each genre once. So each episode will be a different genre on your individual list. Our four genres are horror slash thriller, western, noir, and sci-fi slash future. All right. So we're going to go around. I'm going to give you the episode, the main storylines, and let you explain which genre you think is the best match for that episode. Uh, and we'll, we'll record the answers and we'll post up that chart when this episode comes out. All right. Is everybody ready? Anybody have any questions? Ready to go. All right. Ready. We're going to go episode by episode. All right. Uh, so the first episode we're going to go with is Shrink, which has the storylines involving Dr. Frank coming to the office. Uh, and also we have Bill's cubicle, where he puts up the cubicle and refuses to take it down. Okay. So Alan, of the four genres, horror, thriller, western, noir, or sci-fi in the future... Which type of genre would you like to see this episode be remade as? I want to see it as a horror thriller. Just just something about Dr. Frank being called in to help everybody, but then maybe, you know, uh, trying to manipulate... Dave into killing himself or okay. we don't we don't know okay. what's in Bill's cubicle what is creepy about it like what mm-hmm. okay does he does he have bodies in there I don't know well, you know there's uh, there's there's ways you can do it <laughs> so this is one of those things where like Dave is the only one that suspects Dr. Frank and everything yes yeah and it's Okay. As soon as soon as anybody else comes in, Doctor Frank's all ner- normal. But when they leave, <laughs> and it's just Doctor Frank and Dave, oh, man. yeah. With John Ritter, that's that's gold. Like <laughs> that would be amazing with John Ritter. Awesome. All right, great answer. All right, uh, Jason, for the episode of Shrink, which of the mm-hmm. four genres would you put it in? I originally went with horror, horror thriller for the same reason, but then I, I changed my mind and went okay. to western okay. uh, because uh, in in western times, if you're a doctor, you're also a barber and a dentist, and I think it would be very funny 
just to see them all walking around in a Western and have, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like there's plenty of conflict in there. And uh, instead of a, a, a little bit of a showdown uh, over that, there would be a shootout in the middle of the office between Dr. Frank and Bill <laughs> over his cubicle. And I, I'd like yeah, love it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go with Western for Jason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tom, what, what genre would you have Shrink be remade as? I also had a Western. I thought like the kind of conflict between the showdown between uh, Dave and Dr. Frank and then Dave, Dr. Frank team up and, and go against Bill oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and like an okay corral type of situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Lauren, how about you? Uh, what, what genre would you put shrink in to be remade? So I went horror thriller. Okay. Um, and I went a very similar direction as Alan. Um, so I'm picturing Dr. Frank as the villain. <laughs> and all his sessions are how he's like um, trying to trying to like get everybody. And of course, Dave is the only one who can see it, but nobody believes him. But I want it to be like a little bit of a supernatural horror. Like um, he's he's not just like, a, you know, a slasher axe murderer or something. He's like, he's trying to consume people's souls. <laughs> and in a surprise twist ending, Bill saves the day because he has no soul to consume. (laughs) 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 All right, we have three more genres to go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know you. Um, So uh, I'm going to jump on the the Western bandwagon. Uh, You know, again, just the idea of Dr. Frank riding into Dave's town and Dave having to, to be the other guy and the idea of a real showdown. Uh, I, I think it's too good to pass up when you look at all the other episodes. So uh, we have we have Alan and Lauren going with horror thriller, uh, Jason, Tom, and myself going with shrink uh, in the western category, the western genre. All right. So our next episode is going to be Led Zeppelin Two, uh, which is the episode that has a building fire, uh, Joe versus the security cameras. Ever heard of Big Brother? <laughs> heard of it. Heard of it. <laughs> And we have Mr. James trying to break his code to figure out what's wrong with Ruth. All right. So for this episode, Jason, which of the genres uh, for you that would be horror, thriller, noir, or sci-fi would you put this episode in? I went with sci-fi just because the whole idea of being trapped in a box uh, that's on fire, being monitored constantly and What's wrong with Ruth? She's probably an alien. There's all kinds of options Ooh. there. That is actually really interesting. Um, <laughs> Jimmy James's obvious uh, sharp, keen observational skills, mm-hmm. you know, just poor note-taking is what doomed us all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alan, for the episode Led Zeppelin, uh, you have Western noir or sci-fi future remaining. I also put this one in sci-fi future. I... Uh, okay. I feel like between uh, Big Brother, which who, aliens observing, maybe the aliens are also the ones that started the fire. Ooh. And maybe Ruth is an alternate multiverse version of somebody that Jimmy know, knew in another universe. Or maybe okay. it's just another disguised alien. It could all be aliens. <laughs> A scroll. <laughs> Um, all right, I'm a little bit surprised to be honest with you. This is one I was like, I didn't, I didn't see it slotting into sci-fi, so I'm curious to what uh, Lauren and Tom have to say here. Um, Lauren, what genre did you put Led Zeppelin two in? 
I also went sci-fi future. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I picture it like the office would be dressed like a future dystopian ghetto and the cameras are a form of government mind control. And of course, Joe sees right through that. Right. So he breaks down the system by setting fire to the building. Um, and Ruth is a secret government enforcer. Okay. That's what's wrong with Ruth. Mm-hmm. Like it. Ruth is not getting any more popular from this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, okay, Tom, what genre would you put Led Zeppelin to? All right, let's make it four in a row. Sorry for the future. Um, however, I, I rather than dystopian, I was thinking more of a um, kind of a whitewashed, like Logan's Run type of um, sci-fi kind of look to it but uh there's still the governmental uh watching you overtones like 1984 okay ever heard of it yeah. please please so. tell me in this universe when a building hits age 30 they have to destroy it mm-hmm. that's what the <laughs> well i mean that's pretty much america like once a building hits it we, we, we knock it down true also true uh we'll have to add documentary for our next uh, our next round of this game Um, so I am the lone dissenter and I have this as noir because I have it as Dave having to to get to the bottom of all these questions about who set the building fire who's this Ruth chick that's coming in Uh, you know obviously what's going on with Lisa because the building fire is what they're broken up and they get back together and all of that Uh, so we kind of have a little femme fatale possibility in there between Lisa and Ruth um, but I thought it'd be fun to see Dave play that detective type and, and have to get down to the bottom of all these um, all these mysteries. Like, can you imagine him having an interview with, with Jimmy? <laughs> Give me the facts, son. Like, and I'm a big fan of the transatlantic. Like, that's the accent. Like, all these, all these guys, transatlantic. Let's get them back in. Uh, <laughs> that would be my solution to how we're going to do that. Nice. So, yeah. so oh, operator. Huh? I thought it was a great Norwood because of all the questions that had to be answered, but I'm I'm definitely curious to see how uh, these last two episodes stack out. Um, so, Alan, we're gonna move on to our next episode, which is Jackass Junior High. Uh, we have Lisa being treated like a guy because all the other women are out of the office, and we have Bill. Nobody thinks Bill's funny, and they bring in Mark Davis to come in and do all the crazy voices for an ad that Bill wants to try. So uh, for you, I believe you have a noir and a western left in terms of which genre you would slot this episode into. So I was going to go with western, mainly because everybody treating Lisa like a guy, uh, I would just say well, Lisa, we got all this. We gotta corral those horses into the stable. That's that's your job. Or we gotta we gotta duel at dawn. Just suit up, Lisa, get the just six shooters and get going. And I that's kind of what the whole thing. Uh, as far as Bill not being funny, I just think he would show up, try to entertain everyone in the in the saloon on the stage, but then just being asked to get off the freaking stage. This is a this is a burlesque show. You shouldn't be up there telling jokes. <laughs> Bill's a, one of the traveling performers that shows up. <laughs> he's, he's not a traveling performer. He just follows the traveling performers. <laughs> that actually sounds very accurate. That, that, <laughs> that sounds about right to me. All right, so you have it's Jackass Junior High slotted in as a Western. Uh, Jason, uh, what, what genre would you put Jackass Junior High in? And you have noir and uh, horror thriller still available. 
I could. This was the one that I couldn't figure out the uh, the easiest, so I just went with noir. If only because uh, every there's a lot of uh, exclusion and a lot of potential mm -hmm. contemplative sadness between uh, what's going on for Lisa and what's going on for Bill. So you could play with that a lot and make it look dark and scary. That's all. Very I got. good. Yeah, that's <laughs> all accurate and all things I did not think of. Um, okay, uh, Tom, what did you have Jackass Junior High in for a genre? And you have noir and horror thriller as well. I went with horror thriller for this one. Um, I just thought it would be fun to kind of, more on the thriller side, not really so much horror, but like uh, kind of like frantic, I guess, um, where Bill is trying to, uh, you know, confirm that he is funny and, and just like. It, it, it just builds to like the pulse builds the whole time and lisa same thing like i'm i'm a girl i'm a girl like yeah. <laughs> you gotta believe me <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah absolutely i could definitely see that uh lauren what did you have jackass junior high uh, going into and you had western and noir i went western Okay. Um, so I'm picturing the station like set up like a saloon. Um, Lisa would be wearing trousers, and that would be the only reason they treat her like a guy. Like everything about her is very feminine, but she wore pants that day, and they're like, okay. "Oh, you're a man. We never saw it before, but you're obviously a man." Um, <laughs> and I think that Bill challenges Mark Davis to a duel at high noon. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. I mean, Alan had Alan had a little bit of like the quick and the dead type of feeling going on there. <laughs> like, just we're just doing it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Um. So I actually had this as a horror thriller as well. I'm like the episode itself is basically about Lisa and Bill being gaslit by the rest of the staff. Like that. That's already what the, the comedy aspect is. Mm -hmm. Like it just naturally rolls right over into two characters who are both unsure of their worlds. And then ultimately I like to see like which one is right. Maybe one of them's wrong and one was right. And they can, you could set up some sort of tension right there. But uh, I, I decided to look at it like that. I thought that was a, <laughs> I was like, it's already right there. It's practically writing itself. <laughs> um, and that's how I categorized that one. All right. So we're going to go to our last episode uh, that we're going to put into a genre. Um, and I'm going to start with Alan. Alan, please tell me why Christmas story which involves Mr. James's Christmas gifts. At first, a hat with a patch uh, that quickly was removed to see it was just one of the companies he owned. Uh, but he made good by buying almost everybody Mazda Miatas, except for Matthew. <laughs> and it is the episode where we have the line, above average hat, sir. <laughs> Which you can get as on a sticker at grabbycare.com uh, we also have stalker santa uh bill has a stalker dressed as a santa in the lobby and obviously nobody believes him so we have that going on so jason um i'm sorry alan please tell me why you chose noir film for this uh two things you know obviously at the time period like miracle on 34th street you see something with a santa but i want to see noir and i want to see a mid-atlantic santa uh, stalking Bill like uh, how 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 Bill I'm gonna kill you yes I <laughs> better not go drive that horse's carriage tonight I'll be in the back seat yeah, yeah. Uh, and then if uh, it would change the dynamic of the Christmas gifts if Mr. James 
gives Matthew the Pippa McGee and Molly, but back then it probably would have actually been worth something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all the other, all the other, uh, uh, everybody else would be upset and jealous of Matthew because cars, I don't think were quite, I mean, they were worth quite a bit, but they weren't, you know, I don't not as worth as much. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell do I have a horse for? a piece of the NBC. <laughs> <laughs> the National Broadcasting Company. Okay, uh, so Jason, I'm actually going to get to you a little bit last because both Tom and Lauren also have noir left as categories. So we're just going to okay. stick with that noir, see what we have come out, and then you and I will give uh, better answers, I assume, after that. <laughs> uh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try the accent that I briefly thought about doing. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, um, what? Wh- how did you see... Christmas story, Xmas story as a noir. How did you picture that? Um, first of all, I just want to say it's kind of interesting that me and Alan had all the exact same picks. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did not share notes ahead of time. We, we slotted these into all the exact same genres. Really funny. Um, it, yeah, I see it as a noir basically for the same reasons as Alan stated. I really want to see Bill as a noir-style noir private eye trying to solve the mystery of his Santa stalker. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the main reason. It's okay. fair. <laughs> Lots of like voiceover internal monologue from Bill. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with that scenario. It doesn't really matter. What, what, it doesn't even matter what genre it is. If, if Bill's doing something like that, we're all winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. All right. And Tom, how, how did you end up picking Noir for a Christmas story, Xmas story? Uh, basically, just because I want Bill to be the, the hard boiled detective. Yeah. Um, because that was like one of his things for when he auditioned for SNL um, uh, was like a was like a private eye you know like 1930s 1940s kind of thing um so i i feel like that's perfect and then of course like the the jimmy murder that that leads to like the lost uh rights to this Fibber mcgee and molly <laughs> <laughs> would be fun fun to investigate while he's also investigating the santa stalker yeah you could definitely build it out build yeah it out from there all right, so that is our noir section. Jason, you have this in the horror section, yeah. which uh, definitely in light of what Violent Night coming out a couple months ago, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> interesting idea. So how did mm-hmm. you see this episode as a horror movie? Horror it just episode? seemed like the most obvious place to slot it into, <laughs> just because a man tries to kill Bill, and as for all we know, he does, and the rest of the show is Bill's dream. We don't know. Uh, like <laughs> The last moments uh, as his life flashes before his eyes, he just lives it out uh, through the show. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Seemed obvious to me. I don't have, I have no notes. <laughs> I was close on, I was close to putting this in the horror category. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up putting it in the sci-fi future category because I, I, I first of all, like, I, I think Futurama pretty well known. They have a couple episodes of the robot Santa Claus and, sure. uh, <laughs> kind of invert it, but you know, I, I do think the idea of like what Christmas means in the future uh, what type of tech gifts would be gifted? Like, if it wasn't cars and the show, what would be gifted? Um, and how would Bill be stalked? Because right? now I'm thinking of, like, Minority Report or something. Like, <laughs> how how did that all happen? Like, what, you know, almost like looking at the space episode. Like, how do they throw those same, same jokes in there, but they kind of update it for technology? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess I'm just uh, a little more philosophical here. A, what, what, is, what does Christmas mean in the future? What, well, what does it mean? <laughs> Means now I presence. want now and forever. Sorry, Alan, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say now I want Mr. James to give 
Matthew something that's public domain then, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, I gave you Battle Hymn of the Republic. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, you have Reefer Madness. <laughs> <laughs> it has all the rights to the Cheech and Chong movies. <laughs> that was possible. What about Pepsi? Hmm? (laughs) awesome okay uh so i'm just gonna do a a quick recap here uh, of everyone's selection we go episode by episode um for shrink uh alan and lauren which we're gonna be pairing up pretty much from here on out uh, both had shrink as a horror thriller uh jason tom and myself all had it as a western uh for the episode led zeppelin 2 um, I had it as a noir story, and Jason, Alan, Lauren, and Tom ganged up against me for a sci-fi <laughs> For Jackass Junior High, uh, Tom and myself looked at it as a horror thriller. Uh, Alan and Lauren looked at it as a western, and Jason had it as a noir story. And then moving into our final episode, Xmas Story, uh, Jason saw it as a horror thriller, Alan, Lauren, and Tom saw it as noir, and I thought it was a future or sci-fi story. Those would be good episodes. All right. So, uh, guys, obviously, that, w- that was great. That was a lot of fun. And now Lauren has a few more questions for you about the game we, we just played. Okay. So, I want to know which of those episodes would you most like to see? The ones that we just went through for the game. Which do you want to see? And it can be your own or it could be someone else's answer if something else stood out to you. So, Alan, which one of those episodes do you want to see in in one of the genres that we picked? I think the Xmas story with Phil Moore, and it, it really, uh, I wasn't even the one that, I didn't bring this up, you all did, but just, just the Phil Hartman as the private eye detective. But just, <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with that, like you said. Yeah. Once it's in your head, like, you just want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> It can't be done. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jason, how about you? Which one of these episodes do you want to see? One of these four is what we're talking about, or one of the three? Yes. Okay, well, then I missed. I I absolutely misunderstood the point of this. No, we're getting to that. We are getting to that question next. Oh, okay. Don't worry. Hang on to that answer. Okay, great. Well, I barely have an answer for you then. Uh, I don't fucking know. (laughs) <laughs> um, so just to recap, yeah. it was Shrink, yeah. Led Zeppelin 2, and Jackass Junior High, and Xmas Story mm-hmm. as a horror thriller, mm-hmm. a western, a noir, or a sci-fi future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wait, you want me to pick one of those predetermined genres as well? Okay. Yeah. Uh, buh, I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know. I have, I've got nothing. You should cut this out. I, I don't <laughs> I did, I misunderstood the question, so I have I have no idea. I I guess Led Zeppelin two could also be a noir, but I don't see how. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I misunderstood the question. Okay, no, that is that is all right. Um, it, it is okay to opt out. You're the guest. Okay, you great. get to do that. Wonderful. <laughs> all right, um, Tom. Which one of these episodes do you want to see get made? Gotta go with Alan, um, the noir Christmas story. Phil is a detective. That's that's what i want to see <laughs> it's, it's really hard once it's in your head yeah, you it. Can't it, see it. 
<laughs> um, Thad, which one of these episodes do you want to see? Uh, I like to see Shrink as the horror thriller. Uh, I think when you have when you have a doctor involved, like you know, there's like a le- a level of uh, credibility that kind of really you know changes the dynamics between the characters and, the, and who's giving the information and why it should be believed. So I think that would be a fun one to watch. Um, that was my choice as well. I I felt the most strongly about um, Shrink being a horror thriller and Doctor Frank being the villain, and um, I felt very strongly about. Uh, Bill inadvertently saving the day. <laughs> um, Jason? Yeah. Any Anything coming to mind? You want to no. pick one? No. No? Okay. I like Alex. Right. That's fine. Okay. I, I'm also on board for that one. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. We will move on to the next question then, uh, which is, I believe, the one you were mm-hmm. wanting to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which episode... From the everything, everywhere, all at WNYX unit, would you redo as a different genre? Yeah. So, since Space and Sinking Ship are effectively the same story, uh, I would just take that whole basic idea and put it in a 90s over-the-top action movie like Con Air. Uh, (laughs) And I don't know how. Well, I do know how, because Joe is obviously somehow running. He's in the back end of the ship doing mechanic work on the the plane as it's flying, I guess, is what's happening. But if the radio station was an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of simple news station employees, they were ex-cons convicted of everything from petty manslaughter to white-collar armed robbery. Find out this weekend, you're con the air. That's what I think. <laughs> That's what I want. Be, they they okay, need a little well, more money to make that. that. But, you know, it'd be great. That's really great. I really like that. <laughs> You're con the air. <laughs> Just for the title alone, right. they've got to make it. Right. <laughs> All right, Alan. Um, now you've got to top that. So <laughs> which episode from the Everything, Everywhere, All at WNYX unit would you redo as a different genre? Damn it, I can't be Jason's. That was just too good. <laughs> it was really good. I, I will simply say I think you could take the exact same plot of either Sinking Ship or Space, uh, and I would like to see it done as Westworld, but not... <laughs> Not like the new one, because it came out in the 90s uh, from the 70s movie, where Mm -hmm. it's just people walk in, and all it is is just one room. Not like a whole big world. (laughs) Just one room, and they're all interacting with each other, uh, and we're all observers, but then something goes haywire. I'm going to say Bill. Bill goes haywire. (laughs) It starts becoming the killer robot, and yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Love it. I love it. I can't top. I can't top what Jason did, though. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Okay, Thad, which episode from this unit do you want to redo as a different genre? Um, I would mash up the Western genre with Daydream. Uh, Partly okay. because I'm like, what would they dream Daydream about back then? But we have six shooters, and we've got guns, and we've got Joe. And I figure that no matter what, it should be something interesting, interesting costuming. Um, but yeah, I like to see something like a Western spin on, on a bunch of people just suffering in the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think it would work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be I something. I see it. <laughs> okay, Tom. So which episode from this unit do you want to redo as a different genre? Well, it wouldn't be the whole episode necessarily, but um, Daydream... 
uh, switch out the horror ones and make um, Beth go uh, have to interact with Muppets. <laughs> I, I think that would be pretty funny. That would be amazing. Why did yeah. I not think of Muppets? Damn. <laughs> That's so hey. hey, Beth, how are you? <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with Muppets. <laughs> Um, I think I would redo space as like a daytime soap opera. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think ba- I think basically the storylines remain the same, right? Like Joe can't fix something vital to the operation of the station. Dave and Lisa are having relationship drama. Bill and Catherine are bickering and getting competitive with each other. And I just think it lends itself to the overall like the dramatic music and the long lingering glares that you get with daytime dramas. So I feel like you wouldn't have to change the storylines at all. And just shift it into that genre, and I think it would work. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You can't beat Con, you're on the air. Con <laughs> <laughs> on the air. I really like it. Okay. Now we're going to do a special small segment called Everything Everywhere All in the Usenet Forums. Now, um, in the regular episodes, um, we do like the time capsule from the Internaut and the Freakzilla report where I'm sort of reporting back what was uh, in the Usenet Forums around the time that the episode aired. We don't usually do that for the recap episode, but I found something special, so we wanted to include it here. So... In December of 1998, a Usenet member named Wesley shared an interview with Vicki Lewis where she had been asked what other fantasy-style episodes she would like to see news radio do. And she had two ideas of other spoofs that she would love news radio to film. So before I share what Vicki Lewis's ideas were, I'd like to ask each of you, if news radio had done one more fantasy, surreal, spoof-type episode, what other movie, show, or style would you have liked to see them spoof? Which I know is a question that you guys like to ask your guests on your podcast, and you rarely get to answer it yourself. So, <laughs> Alan, I, um, I forgot what we others... ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did too. <laughs> <laughs> well, now's your chance to bring it back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Alan, um, if if News Radio had done one more fantasy or surreal or spoof type episode, what sort of theme would you have liked to see them do? Uh, see, I got a couple. I'll whittle it down, though. Uh, this is just quick minor. I'm not going to say anything other than what it is, uh, but uh, Phil Hartman already mentioned it. Let's just see them naked. Uh, <laughs> okay. two, 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 I would, uh, well, actually, this is kind of a big one. I would like them to redo it just as cats, but the movie cats, where they're all like that weird CGI half human <laughs> thing. You just see them, like Boy. just a regular regular episode, but you know they're licking and then like doing the weird stuff. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you'd have to reveal at the end that it was like all in Matthew's dream or something. <laughs> <laughs> that is Matthew's fantasy: is that everybody is cats, uh-huh. <laughs> and Matthew could talk to uh, Choo Choo and Mitt. Mitt-, 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 Mitt- yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they could bring back Beardy and find out that he was either Choo Choo or Mitten. Oh, yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right, Jason. Um, if News Radio had done one more fantasy or surreal or spoof episode, mm-hmm. what, what style would you like to see? Either a World War II epic, just because I would mm-hmm. like to see them take that too seriously. Or if they did a Western, it would very specifically have to be Donner Party themed, where 
by the end, everybody's eaten except for Bill and Matthew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is how these things right? go down, right? <laughs> or a horror episode where everybody rightly suspects that Joe is a serial killer, and that's that's what gets played out thematically. That's what I want to see happen. <laughs> Maybe that's just the final episode of uh, the series. Yeah. Everyone figures it out, and Joe has to off them all to cover his tracks. Listen, if, <laughs> end of show. If season six ever were to happen, and you got to write him off, there's one real easy way to write him off. Joe's in prison. Why? Well, <laughs> the thing we never suspected but should have. It was in front of us the whole time. You know, remember when we had that problem with the air duct? Uh, <laughs> <turns> <laughs> Where's Matthew? In one of the air ducts. So Ooh. it solves both problems. Solved. <laughs> Just easy enough. That's true. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay. but Matthew is still alive in the air ducts. We just never see him. Yeah. He's just stuck. <laughs> Help. Help. Oh, yeah. That sounds like Matthew. <laughs> that, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thad. Um, if you had your chance to redo another news radio episode as a fantasy type episode what theme would you do it's got to be Greece (laughs) got to be and the only question I have is do I want to see it with Joe and Catherine or Dave and Lisa that's the only question I have I don't know which one I think would be better because Joe (laughs) I don't know if Joe's got that kind of range let's start with that but but either way I the leather jackets, the snap of the same. Like I, I think that that uh, a grease, grease spoofing episode would be absolutely hilarious. Phenomenal! Oh, I love this. Yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it both ways, and I don't know which way I like it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. You could do I, both, I, where one act is grease and the the second act, act is grease too. That's <laughs> uh, that's what I want to see. <laughs> I just think Bill has to be a pink lady, though. Just fine. <laughs> I like it. Just because his name is Evelyn. <laughs> that would be great. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Okay, Tom. If uh, News Radio did another one, what's your pick? Just to circle back to the Matthew being in the in the vents, you, you'd only ever hear, you wouldn't hear his voice, but you would just hear... From him just tapping on the desk. Oh, little like, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, that little knock he did on yeah. his door all the time. That little tap 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 tap. Uh, but as, as far as the genre, uh, do you like gladiator movies? Yeah. <laughs> I I think that'd be fun, like kind of ancient Roman mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, I like that a lot. That that could work. Um, okay, so this is what I'm picturing so the the staff of wnyx find themselves in the zombie apocalypse Ooh, yeah they're still reporting the news even though they're not sure there's anyone left alive to hear it hmm. every broadcast is the same now for an update on the zombie apocalypse <laughs> zombies are still ravaging the land back with more in eight minutes <laughs> um, every so often a zombie wanders through the bullpen and dave nervously calls out for joe who replies i'm on it <laughs> um, we hear the kill off camera we don't actually see it okay. um joe disposes of the bodies down the incinerator chute <laughs> At some point, the building super shows up to inform him that's the mail shoot. <laughs> um, Carl from account- accounting gets bit, but doesn't tell anyone. He gradually infects most of the staff. In the end, Bill and Matthew are the only ones left alive, and they will have to repopulate the earth. Perfect. 
perfect. <laughs> well, and you Kid. could also, you could have Dave playing uh, Melanie like in his off hours, like he does in Kids in the Hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the um, oh god, what was the name of that sketch? Yeah, just the, the apocalyptic, apocalyptic DJ, DJ or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not get that song stuck in everyone's head, though. Um, okay. So, would you like to know what Vicki Lewis said? Yeah, please. Yes. So, Vicki Lewis said she'd like to see News Radio do a spoof of Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. or Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. <laughs> Um, fans on the message board like Vicky's suggestions, but they also started pitching their own ideas. Some of the suggestions were um, Saving Private Matthew. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, our friend Tavy suggested a Rocky Horror Picture Show themed yes. episode. Ooh, love okay. it. I love it. Uh, some other suggestions were a King Kong type episode. <laughs> Um, a disaster episode where an asteroid is heading for Earth, and um, a black and white spoof of Psycho. Ooh, Ooh. I, like so, I thought all of those might have been good. Mm-hmm. I really love all your suggestions. Um, so thank you for playing everything, everywhere, all in the Usenet forums. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Uh, Jason and Alan, are there any projects that you guys would like to plug? Anything that you're working on right now? Anything that your adoring fans might want to know about? Uh, Alan? Well, uh, I would like to plug a certain book by a friend of mine. Actually, two books. Uh, one's from, uh, from uh, Jason and Lauren. Uh, nice. I'd like to explain that. Uh, but <laughs> um, <laughs> You can, uh, I should be on this season of Winning Time as a reporter. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you can also see me in this uh, uh, brilliant horror short. I don't think it's done yet, but it's called Banana Head. I will be playing a reporter, but I get to do some <laughs> horror stuff in it. So, uh, And then uh, there was a pilot I saw that was just really good that, I was in, it's again, festival circuit, but uh, I got to be play a paintballer named Tango Cash that I. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, uh, hopefully we'll see that at some point. I don't know what's going on with that. I think it's just festival circuit, but uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, cool. Jason, Lauren, tell me about your book. That's what I want. <laughs> Should I go? Yes. Yeah. Me, yeah. Oh. yes. Oh, me? Oh, thanks. Oh, me? So I can't officially announce anything about this book. This is the annoying part uh, that comes out this fall. I can mention that. And uh, if you go to sketchcomedybook.com, all the information I can't tell you is there, um, except for who is writing the foreword, because I need to have that in hand before I announce it. And the book cover cannot be released yet either. Either way. Who's, who's the author, book. though? Who's oh, the it's author? me. It's me, Alan. Yay! If you want to write, if you want to read 120,000 words about one very specific element of <laughs> 90s pop culture history that, again, I not supposed to mention go to sketchcomedybook.com you can pre-order it there see more information there um and i gave you the name of the url so you could probably guess what it's about um <laughs> stolendress.com is where all my podcasts are including dan and jay's comedy hour which i mentioned earlier and has multiverses and alan has been on there as himself but also playing famed serial killer hh H. holmes uh you know a couple of very great episodes was you a reporter um, uh no, no <laughs> just a serial killer this time 
WNYXNewsRadio.com is where you can find Alan and uh, Jen and my podcast. Uh, you can see a, pi- a very shitty, I was looking, a very shitty picture of Bill's spacesuit. So I need to take a better one. But Bill's suit from space is up there. Um, and I will just say follow me on TikTok and Twitter at JKLAM, which is J-K-L-A-M-M, and Jason Klom on Instagram. Sorry for the long plugs, but there you go. <laughs> Lauren, how about your book? Would you like to get that okay. in while we're talking about it? Yeah. Yeah, why not? So um, hopefully soon, I don't have a date yet, but uh, hopefully soon I will be releasing another news radio related book. I have written uh, Jimmy James, Capitalist Lion Tamer. And through the help of Google Translate, I have also written Jimmy James, Macho Business Donkey Wrestler. And they will be released together as one book. It will be the book so nice. I wrote it twice. (laughs) 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 And I will say um, I... I wasn't sure Google Translate would deliver the results that I wanted, but it exceeded every expectation. <laughs> I hope you do a reading of it, uh, public reading, and questions then. Somebody call Ron Jeremy. What did you mean when you said? So did the American Yum Yum Clown Monkey also represent the FCC? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> I'm actually going to see Brian Posehn next month. Amazing. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about Brian Posehn, he's in the book that I wrote. So there's that. Cool. Awesome. So put a bow awesome. on the whole thing there. Nice. It all comes back around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. This has been our Everything Everywhere, all at WNYX Unit. We hope you've enjoyed it. Next up on the Hoodoo Factory Conveyor Belt is our Office Shenanigans Unit. Um, Jason and Alan, do you have any favorite episodes with pranks, uh, general shenanigans that might fit into this uh, this unit? A- what's mean, the name of the pranks episode? I can't remember the, the April, April Fool's Day. Day? Yeah, what's, that's the first one that pops into my mind. That's really the one that, yeah. <laughs> April Fool's Day is the song remains the same. There we go. Of course it is. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. So yeah, that would definitely work. It's the only one I can think of. There's got to be plenty more, but that's all I got right now. Yeah. (laughs) We'll take it. Uh, Lauren, do you want to give the storyline for that episode? Um, Yeah. So the song remains the same as Dave tries to prove he's not favoring Lisa. Uh, Jimmy with the April Fool's jokes and the uh, Wall Street Journal reporter and Beth cleans out Brian's desk. Very good. Supposedly Brian's desk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, for our office shenanigans unit of episodes, we've chosen The Song Remains the Same, Mm -hmm. Physical Graffiti, and Beep Beep. We hope you all join us for that. Until next time, remember the Hoodoo Factory is your source for the only known antidote for ABSA fever. Good night, Pumpkin. I'm working on it. Pantyhose. Catch Catch you later, later, cakes. (laughs) (laughs) We tried. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network please stop by our gift shop at grabitgear.com. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for ABSA fever. <laughs>